Gabe Miller here, and I want to personally thank you for checking out our podcast. And I also want to encourage you to click the subscribe button so that each week's message will automatically show up in your feed. Another great way to stay connected with this is on our website at yourimpactchurch.com and on all of our social media outlets at Your Impact Church. I hope this message today encourages you, inspires you, and challenges you. Let's jump into the message. You get the backup preacher again today, or backup whatever you want to call me. So I, uh, I want to take just a moment before we start. Um, the reason Gabe's not here, he's with his parents, and I want to pray for them. His dad's having some health issues, and his dad was actually the first person to ever ask me to preach, and I suspect Gabe will probably be the last person to ever ask me, so... It worked out pretty good. So let's pray for him today and uh, just pray for a quick recovery and healing for him today. Father, we thank you today for uh, Brother Stan today. We pray that you would just touch his mind, touch his body today, uh, remove any kind of fear, any kind of anxiety for him today, Father. We thank you for just healing him. And you said that by your stripes we were healed. And we thank you for that today, Father. We just stand on that and believe, believe on that today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I'm going to continue the series we've been doing in 1 Peter, and I'm going to do 1 Peter 4, and I've entitled this message today, 1 Peter chapter 4, that's the title of this message, so I don't do well with titles, so that's what I, I picked today, so anyways, um, that's the best I could do, so that kind of tells you where, the, where we're headed this morning, but uh, in 1 Peter chapter 4, he's, there's a lot of things here, a lot of um, kind of separate uh, instances here in a way, so it was kind of uh, difficult for me to piece it together, but we'll, but um, the, in First Peter 4, and we'll start in verse 1, I'm in the New King James Version, it says, therefore since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves also with the same mind, for he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin, that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh for the lust of men, but for the will of God, for we have spent enough of our past lifetime in doing the will of the Gentiles when we walked in lewdness, lust, drunkenness, revelries, drinking parties, and, abom and abominable idolatries. I don't want to stop right there for just a minute. How many of you ever said in your life that you just had enough? Enough is enough. And I don't know if y'all have ever um, been in this place in your life, but you just was walking not with God. You were just walking with whatever came your way, and finally you just got sick and tired of being sick and tired. You ever been there? And you knew you were supposed to be doing something different, You wasn't, and you knew what it was a lot of times. You just decided not to do it over and over and over. And I've kind of been in that place before in my life, too, where I just, I, I was reminiscing, actually, um, probably just a few weeks ago about when I was in Bible college. And obviously I was reading the Bible all the time and, and doing all the things you do in Bible college and learning. And anyways... I hadn't done that as much uh, since then, but I was thinking about where I was spiritually, and I was wanting to get back to that point. And I don't know that I need to get back to exactly like I was, but it's it's um, made me think about it and just realize that I'm not walking in God's best for my life. And he said here that, uh, that um, for we have spent enough of our past lifetime in doing the will of the Gentiles. You could replace that with your will or your grandparents' will or whoever's will that you've been following your whole life. You know, a lot of people will just follow the patterns of their family or the patterns of their whoever raised them, and they'll just do it and just 
just believe that it's God's will, and sometimes it is, and, but sometimes it's not. And we need to follow, obviously we need to follow God's will for our lives and not our own. And that's one of the things that I pull out of this first few verses here that we've spent, he said in verse 3, that we have spent enough of our past lifetimes in doing the will of the Gentiles. Enough is enough is how I, how I sum that up to myself. It's time just to stop now. Don't wait till next week. Don't wait till next month to, to start doing what God has put on your heart to do. And, you know, some of the reasons that <clears throat> we don't do God's will in our life is uh, we're afraid of the risk. We're afraid of failing. We're afraid of what people will think. We're afraid of um, all kinds of things that you could just fill in the blank. Everybody's uh, different and what they, what they think, the reason they're not doing God's will and why they don't want to do that in their life. It, it could be risky. It could be painful. Um, who knows? why you won't do what God told you to do. But I, I know many of us, how many of y'all have a job in here? I think I mentioned that last time. I'll see if y'all got one, the people that didn't raise their hand last time. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> no. But when we go to our jobs, what do we do when the boss asks us to do something? We do it, right? We don't think twice about it. I mean, we, there's always that one hand, you know. There's always that one employee that's always trying to buck the system. But we do what our boss asks us to do. <clears throat> and we do what our wives ask us to do, or you should do it if you want to be happy. And <laughs> we, we do these things in our lives because we're asked to do them. And it's whether we agree with them sometimes, sometimes you don't agree with what your boss says, right? Everybody been there? Sometimes you don't agree with what your spouse tells you to do. You know, I don't agree with putting up the dishes. I don't agree with putting up the laundry. <laughs> but I do it anyways because that's what she wants me to do. And it's done. We did it this morning, actually, so I could get that out of my mind and off my chest <laughs> uh, before I came to church. <laughs> and, you know, the funny thing about y'all laughing, I was, I was thinking to myself, I'm going to keep this real serious today. And uh, it's not going the way I planned it to go. But we do all these things that people ask us to do. Um, Gabe asked me to preach this week, obviously. I didn't just, you know, decide in the middle of worship I was going to get up here and start preaching. He asked me in advance. And we just do things that people ask us to do all the time. And, but yet, when it comes to God asking us, <coughs> sometimes we don't want to do it. And sometimes we refuse to do it. And I have another friend that asked me to come to his church uh, sometime in the near future. And I told him, I, just, I was talking to him on the phone this week, and I said, I really don't want to come to your church and preach. And, <laughs> and, I, and I explained to him, you know, I said, it's not nothing to do with you. It's not nothing to do with your church. I said, I just don't want to do it. I went to... Another friend's church a couple weeks ago, and I said to myself, you know, I'm just kind of tired of doing this. I don't want to study. I just want to kind of go home and watch TV and, and not really deal with all this stuff. I don't want to prepare and write all this stuff down and try to think about what I'm going to say for a week and do all these things. So my problem is not, I'm not scared of it. I'm just lazy is my problem. And uh, <coughs> that may be your problem too. But my, he told me, he gave me some good wisdom. He's about 75 years old, my friend is. He said he knew a guy in the Bible that, um, he he didn't want to preach either, and uh, his name was Jonah, and things didn't go well for Jonah. How do you know that? So since he told me that, I either decided to preach or cancel all my beach vacations for the next year. I'm not sure which one I'm going to do, but I got to make a choice here. And once he told me that, it made me think real hard about what I was doing, how selfish I was being, you know. Um, I'm just thinking about myself, and that's what we do 
when we don't want to do what God wants us to do and what God's will is for our life is we're just being selfish <clears throat> and we're thinking about ourselves. I'm not thinking about, I could possibly accidentally, maybe a slight chance say something that would help you today. You know, there's a, there's a chance that it might help you. And I don't think about that, though. I think about myself, and I think about the work I have to put into it, and I think about, you know, all these things that I have to do. And that's what knocks us out of God's will for our life. And I want to keep reading here in First uh, Peter chapter 4. <clears throat> and there's a lot here. I doubt I make it through the whole thing, but we'll do our best. And he said, For we have spent enough of our past lifetime in doing the will of the Gentiles when we walked in lewdness, lust, drunkenness, revelries, drinking parties, and abominable idolatries. And he said, in regard to these, they think it strange that you do not run with them in the same flood of disposition. A lot of big words here in the New King James here for me. Speaking evil of you, we'll just skip that word, I can't pronounce it. And he says, they will give an account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. For this reason the gospel is preached also to those who are dead, that they might be judged according to men in the flesh, but, I, but live according to God in the spirit. And this is another reason why people aren't doing God's will and why I haven't done it in the past is what will people think of me? You know, I, I had a time in my life, I had a friend that was renting a, a bedroom from me and he lived in my house for about four years, three or four years, I can't remember how long it was. But I just uh, decided that I was going to go a different direction than what he was. And we were both going the same direction in a bad direction when we became roommates. And finally, I just decided I was going to, I got born again when I was 21 and um, decided I was going to do something different in my life. And so anyways, it came to the point where I had to tell him, um, he's just going to have to move out. And he was my best friend from high school and we're still friends today. And it was a tough decision for me to tell him to move out of my house. It was probably the hardest decision. I remember one time I went and laid down in bed and uh, couldn't even go to sleep because I knew I had to go tell him to, to move out of my house. And and I was polite about it and that kind of thing. He didn't laugh like y'all were a while ago, but I was polite to him and nice to him about it. But you have to make hard decisions sometimes to do what God has called you to do and do what he wants you to do for your life. It may not be easy and it may not be popular at the time, but in the end, the payoff is, is much greater than, than doing your own thing. There's a way that seems right to a man, but in the end, it leads to destruction. And there's a lot of ways in our life. There's a lot of opportunities in life now. Uh, you know, our, our, our family didn't have a lot of the opportunities we have. And you can pick all kinds of ways to go in your life, but if it's not what God wills for you, it's going to end in destruction. I don't know how the destruction is going to look like for you, but it's not going to be well. You might be in the belly of a fish for a few days. You might be, who knows, what could happen to you. But we put ourselves in harm's way when we're, we're not willing to do what God asks us to do. And next time your boss or whoever asks you to do something, uh, just remember that God's going to ask you to do something. He has asked you to do things. Just obey him and do it. And don't worry about what people think. If you have to cut some relationships in your life like I did, uh, I had to end some relationships, some friends. I had to find new friends and uh, <coughs> just go a different direction for a while. And in 1 Corinthians 15, 33, I want to show you another reason why people are not following. This is goes along with what I'm talking about right now. People aren't following, following the Lord and doing what he, he's asked them to do. And it says here, do not be deceived in 1 Corinthians 15, 33, Evil company corrupts good habits. He said, Awake to righteousness and do not sin. 
For some do not have the knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. The reason you need to end some relationships in your life is because they're just dragging you down. And it may be a, 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 fam- a close family member. Who knows who it is? And those are the toughest things to, to deal with. But he said that here that, that do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. How have you go through your, your day and think, well, that's not bothering me, what they're doing, what they're saying, and, and how they're acting around me. That doesn't affect me. It affects them people. But in the long run, it does affect you. You don't realize it, and you, you may not know that it's affecting you, but it is affecting you. And that's one of the ways that I can step into God's will for my life is get rid of some people out of my life. And it doesn't sound the very Christian thing to do sometimes, but I believe it's, it's a necessary thing to do. Um, and I can't tell you who to get out of your life and who to bring in your life. You have to make that judgment call on your own. But it's an important part of the direction that you're going in your life is who's around you and who's, who's with you every day and who's influencing you each and every day. And I'm probably one of those people that are influenced, uh, easily influenced in my life. Thank you. And it's, it's a difficult thing for me to just not listen to other people and not listen to people's opinions. I listen to them and I, I think about them and uh, I apply them to my life more than I should sometimes. But another reason, again, and to why we need to do what God's called us to do and why we should do it now, and this is back in First Peter chapter 4, where he talks about, <coughs> in, down in verse 7, he says, But the end of all things is at hand, therefore be serious and watchful in your prayers. And above all things, have fervent love for one another, for love will cover a multitude of sins. He said, but the end of all things is near. We don't know when we're going to, you know, when this opportunity is going to pass up, when our life's going to end. Even though you're young, and that doesn't mean that you're going to have all the opportunities that you you think you're going to have. You're going to have the rest of your life to do what God's called you to do. And you don't want to look back and regret in your life. Uh, you know, I could have done this, should have done that. Just go ahead and do it, and don't worry about it. Let the chips fall where they may. And that's one of the, another reason. So and let, me, let me back up a little bit. So this is the steps to, to fulfilling God's will for your life, is get rid of some people out of your life and to, to not be selfish if you're taking notes and you write these things down. Uh, and then just do it now. Don't put it off till tomorrow. And I'll read to you another scripture out of Matthew 24 and verse 44. And he says that uh, in Matthew 24, 44, <clears throat> let me find my place. He said, therefore, you also be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. And again, we don't know, and that's not to scare people into doing what God's called them to do or do what they're supposed to do in their life it's to to remind you and to to make you see that that it ain't all about just you know getting retirement and going and sitting on the front porch and drinking sweet tea all day it's there's more to life than that even though we'd all love to just to do that that'd be nice and there's nothing wrong with doing that to a measure but god's got more for you in your life and if you're hanging around at the coffee shop every morning listen to old men gossip and run people down all this stuff just leave the coffee shop just get up and walk out my dad don't go to the coffee shop because of those reasons and uh he's retired and he's old too but he 
he doesn't go for those those reasons. He's not watching today. He's so that's why I said that. And he I don't think he even knows how to turn on the the apps and all that stuff. So anyways, probably is watching now. He's <laughs> probably get a text message in the middle of my sermon about this. But in Revelation 3, he said, Behold, I am coming quickly. Hold fast what you have, that no one may take your crown. And you know, again, this is just to, to remind us that, that we're running out of time. I know people have been saying for 2,000 years, he's coming back tomorrow, he's coming back tomorrow. And, and you hear that so much that you, you tend to, for, to not believe it, pretty much, is what it boils down to. I mean, I don't... To be honest with you, I don't believe Jesus is coming back this evening or tomorrow. I mean, because I've heard it my whole life. They've been telling me for, he's gone, he, uh, he died on the cross 2,000 years ago, and he's coming back soon. And I don't believe it anymore because I've heard it my whole life. I don't believe he's coming back soon because soon to me is different. And I'm not saying that's right. I'm just saying that's just where I'm at. And we tend to, to not believe things that we've heard over and over and over, some repetitive things that we've heard. But it's still true. He is coming back soon. And soon could be tomorrow. It could be next week. And it could be uh, five years from now. But we, we don't know that. And that's what makes us, that should motivate us to not knowing that. You know, if we knew the, the date that he was coming back, he was coming back in 2025 or 20 whatever, 50, we would probably just wait till you know, like 2049 and get everything straightened out and, and lined out and then okay he'll be back December the 23rd a couple days before his birthday and we'll just we'll just be done <laughs> but we don't know any of those things he might come back when it's really really hot in the summertime that's when I was hoping he'd come back when it's just real hot and miserable outside and your air conditioner just went out and that's when I want Jesus to come back I don't want him to come back when it's 75 degrees and I'm outside you know drinking my sweet tea on the front porch we want him to come back when it's tough and, again, we don't know when he's coming back, so just follow him each and every day, whatever that means for your life. If you're called to do uh, missions, if you're called to do whatever, just go buy you a plane ticket and do it. I mean, you can pray about it till he comes back, but that's not going to accomplish anything. And uh, go on your phone right now. I don't, it don't bother me and order your plane ticket. I don't care what if you do it. Just do it. It don't, it don't matter what people think, and it don't matter what, what I think. That's my biggest hurdle is what I think. And these are things that I have, that have knocked me out of, out of God's will for my life and, and to keep me from doing what he's called me to do. And I want to go back to First Peter and read some more of this and try to get through all of this today. And I'm going to back up to verse 7 again. He says, But the end of all things is at hand. Therefore be serious and watchful in your prayers. And above all things have fervent love for one another. For love will cover a multitude of sins. And he said, be hospita hospitable to one another without grumbling. How have you ever been hospitable, but you did it with grumbling? Here, sit right here, or something like that, you know, something. You're, you're being hospitable, but you're, you're not doing it because you want to. You ever done that? I have. I feel alone right now in doing it, but <laughs> I feel like y'all haven't ever done that, but... I've done that. I was like, I'm just going to do it anyway. Who cares? But he said to be hospitable without grumbling. Do the right thing, but also do it with the right heart and the right motive. You know, again, I told you a while ago, I was like, I was talking to Michael Derringer earlier this week, and I thought about calling him and asking if he'd fill in for Gabe. 
asking Gabe wasn't here because he's so good at it. He's been doing it, you know, he'll be here next service. He's been doing it longer than I've been alive. And it makes him good at it. And anyways, I'm just I just let all these things in life build up on me, and that's what my pastor friend told me. You know, you just got too many things on your mind. You're letting all these things in life, you know, keep you from doing what you're supposed to do and what and keep you from wanting to do it and take the desire from you. And that's what it says in Mark. Uh, I can't remember what chapter it is, but he says that the the worries of this life and the the weeds and all these things in this life choke out the word of God from your life. And again, that's another reason that you're you're not walking in God's purpose for your life because you just got too many things going on that aren't important. And I know you think they're important, and I know your boss thinks they're important. I know all these people think they're important to in your life, but they, that doesn't mean they are. And there's a lot more important things to be doing with our lives than just staying busy and, and getting a list accomplished and doing all these things. And there's nothing wrong with all those things. But I'm just simply saying that that that's what's knocking you out of God's will for your life and why you're not doing it is because of all those things that I just said. And he said to be hospitable to one another without grumbling. And he goes on in verse 10 and says, As each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. So he's talking to me, the way I read all this, he's still talking about God's will in your life through here, throughout this whole chapter pretty much. And he says, as each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. So if you've been given some kind of a gift, it, whatever it is, and it doesn't have to be a, a singer or it doesn't have to be um, a preacher or any of those things, it could be whatever, you need to use it. He says here, to, if, as each one has received a gift, minister it to one another. He didn't say minister it to a big crowd. You know, I wouldn't do very good being famous. I mean, I, just, I was thinking about that before I got up here. I was thinking, man, I'm glad I'm not famous or something. I couldn't, I couldn't deal with all the pressure of being famous. Could you deal with all the pressure of being I couldn't. I mean, I probably don't have nothing to worry about, but I was just thinking about that earlier. I was like, famous dump truck driver. Uh, <laughs> you just don't hear that. It just don't happen. And uh, so, I'm not, so that kind of took some pressure off me, knowing that it's not going to happen. But I think of things, I throw them blown way out of proportion, you know, sometimes, and that stops me from doing anything. And then I'm just crippled, I'm stopped, because I'm thinking, well, I'm going to be this or do this, it's got to be this way and that way, and it doesn't have to be that way. He said to minister it to one another. And he said, go on, he goes on to say, if anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it as with the ability which God supplies that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. See, it's not about you. It's about him. And that's, again, it's just being self-centered is whenever I don't want to do it because of all the reasons that I listed that I, I don't want to do it. And he said that God may be glorified through Jesus Christ to whom belong the glory and the dominion forever and ever. So these are things that should, I guess it, it helps my motivation in doing it, it helps me know that, okay, this isn't a, for me, and this is for God's glory. It's not for me to be seen. It's not for people to like me. You know, I, I, I'm a bad, um, I'm a good, I'm actually really good at people pleasing, but I'm, it's a bad attribute of mine that I just want everybody to be happy with me and everybody to like me, and I don't want to, you know, I don't want to buck the system. I want everybody, is everybody here happy with me right now? 
I'm <laughs> so I'm wondering now. So, see, I'm still struggling with it. It's, it's just an ongoing problem I have. But this is, this is something that I have to deal with on a daily basis, and that stops me from doing certain things because I'm worried about what you think. And, you know, I really shouldn't care what you think. And I really shouldn't care what all these people think in my life when it comes down to God speaking to me and telling me to do something. And I shouldn't care what, you know, if God told me to do it, who gives a rip what you think? You know, that's the mentality we have to have. And I don't have that. I'm telling y'all, y'all should have it. But <laughs> I don't have it. And <laughs> I, I, would, I would like to have it. If you have it and you could teach me how to have it, that would be great. But whenever we speak, he says, if anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. And that takes a lot of confidence to, to say something to somebody and really believe that God of the universe is speaking through you. And he's, he's using you. Like, why would he, you know, I, again, I have an issue with that. Why would he want to use me? I'm not famous. I'm not, all these th- I'm not all these things that, you know, we think we should be. And you don't have to be. And I've come to the realization I don't have to be all these things that other people are. You know, I don't have a, whatever you call it, personality. Yeah, that was, I don't have like this, this great personality that, you know, everybody just wants to get around me and, and you know, sit down and listen to what I got to say and all this stuff. And some people got a lot of personality, and I'm happy for you, but I just don't have it. And <laughs> it's just the way it is. And you got to deal with what you got. That's what you got to deal with, what you got. What I got right here, this is it. This is all you got. This ain't going to get no better. It, it might get a little worse. And once you come to that realization, God, you're going to have to use me the way I am because this is all you got to use. And I don't have to be all put together. And again, this motivates me now to, to be able to do what God's called me to do because I'm not worried about all these external things and all these things that, that I've worried about all over the years. I better get me a drink of water. I just about spit on my sister-in-law up here. Let's continue here. <clears throat> and he says again, If anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it as with the ability which God supplies. See, you, you, uh, you could go to Bible college like I did. You could do all these things, and they could tell you how to prepare a sermon. They could tell you how to sing. They could tell you how to play guitar, whatever your gift and calling is. They could tell you how to... to um, Prepare a mission trip. These are things they told us how to do. They didn't teach me how to sing. Uh, but they told me how to go on a mission trip, how to raise the money, all these things they told you how to do. But if you're just doing that the way they taught you to do it in school, it's not God's. He says that, that you would um, do it in his power. If anyone ministers, let him do it with the ability which God supplies. And again, that's another thing that will stop you from doing God's will for your life. If you've been doing it, in your own strength and your own power because you do have a lot of personality. You have all these talents from the outside. You know, you have all these talents in your life that are just natural. You're God's, you know, you, a lot of people have a lot of talents. And, and I really don't, again, I just don't have none and not to speak of. And some of you that have all these talents and are multitasker, life is, can be more difficult for you to, to do what God wants you to do because you got all these things going on in the natural. And it's easier for you if you're just a, you know, you're just a hick from Oklahoma trying to do it because it's, it's, you don't have nothing going on for you. And if you think you, if you got all these things going on in your life, 
that that you that have all these skills and all these things sometimes you can think you got it under control and you may have it under control for a season but that's not going to be god's ability and god's power in your life and these are things that um i'm going to continue on with with god's will here but these are things that that are important for your life now you know if you don't get this right you're not going to get anything else right if you don't have god's will going in your life and not going the direction that he wants you to go in your life everything else isn't going to work it isn't going to fall into place and i would challenge you today that if your whole life is not going in good directions i would challenge you to pray about and think about am i walking in god's will for my life am i doing what god has called me to do am i doing what he's asked me to do whatever that is for you and i would challenge you to to ask him to search your heart and to see if there's anything in me that's that's not doing what you've called me to do. Even though things are going well for you, that that's the flip side of it. That's the that's the harder side of it. When things are going so great for you and so well for you, we tend to just naturally think, well, I'm I'm right in the middle of God's will for my life. You know, there's people that that aren't in the middle of God's will for their life and they're everything's going perfect. And that's just in the natural. So, here's the good part right here. I didn't think I was going to make it over here, but we got a little time left. He said in verse 12, Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing happened to you. But rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's sufferings that when his glory is revealed you may also be glad with exceeding joy. So let's just say everything I've said to this point, you just soaked it in, you got it, you're going to go out and do God's will and I'm going to do it too and we're not going to have any more problems. Well, here's a problem. We're going to be doing some suffering after we start doing what God has asked us to do. There's going to be some of those people back in the, in the uh, verses, uh, about verse 3 and 4, that are going to come back to your life and say, who do you think you are? You know, who do you think you are? You was out there in drunkenness and all these big King James words that and doing all these things with me, and now you think you can go do this and, and go on a mission trip or go do whatever in your life. And sometimes people will come back and they'll make you doubt yourself and make you second-guess yourself. And that's why it was important to get rid of those people before. And again, that doesn't sound very Christian, but you need to pray about that, who you need to remove from your life or need to walk away from in your life. And there's people in our lives and businesses and, and just friends, just family, you need to just put some separation. Maybe not completely walk away from them, but just put some space between you and them where they're not whispering in your ear all this doubt and all these things all the time in your life but he said beloved do not think it's strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you it's to try you it's to see what's in you and i think it's strange personally he said not to but i think it's strange when something bad happens to me and i'm doing the right thing how many of y'all think that i'm doing the right thing and i should get right results right and it it's just not a bit necessarily a biblical thing it's we're going to do the right thing and we're going to suffer for it but i'd rather suffer for doing the right thing than suffer for doing the wrong thing and he talks about that too that it's better to suffer for doing right than doing wrong so to make this simple and make this easy you might as well do god's will for your life because you're going to suffer either way you're going to suffer you know if you don't do it because you're going to miss out on the blessings and and just different things in your life and then you're going to suffer if you do do it, but it's going to be, at least you're going to feel better about yourself. You're going to know that you did what he's told you to do, and you're walking in your purpose. 
and you know that suffering is just an attack or just people jealous or whatever the case may be why why the, why this uh, this suffering is happening so you might as well just do god's will i mean there's you got nothing to lose and you might as well just try it and and i promise you you'll like it and it'll be um a blessing to you but you know one of the things that uh has motivated me more so to to do do whatever god tells me to do is that it's it's not it's going to affect somebody else if i don't do what he tells me to do then it's going to affect this person it's going to have this domino effect over all these years and other people are not going to do it either because i haven't done what i was supposed to do to help them move in the direction that they need to move and you know just like the church here if you want to go on a mission trip they have a mission trip available for you to go on which it may be hard for you to get one you know going and that may be a difficult thing but you have a church that can help you get started in things like that if you want to be a missionary if you want to if you want to go to places like that and and do things like that and that's why it's important to come to church and that's i believe that's god's will for you too and some people would debate that <laughs> believe that or not some people debate whether it's god's will or not to go to church well i don't have to go to church to be a christian well you don't but it's it's beneficial to you you can come and and go on mission trips you can do all these things that that we have to offer here and those are things that you just have to deal with along the way so he said if you are approached for the name of christ blessed are you for the spirit of glory and of god rests upon you on their part he is blasphemed but on your part he is glorified but let none of you suffer as a murderer as a thief an evildoer or as a busybody in other people's matters notice how he put a murderer and somebody that gossips in the same deal i thought that was pretty interesting that gossiping and and murdering and evildoers are all and a thief is all lumped together and he says yet if anyone suffers as a christian let him not be ashamed but let him glorify god in this matter for the time has come for judgment to begin at the house of god and if it begins with us first what will the end of those who do not obey the gospel of god now if the righteous one is scarcely saved where will the ungodly and the sinner appear Therefore, let those who suffer according to the will of God commit their souls to him in doing good as to a faithful creator. So he just basically said, you're suffering, you're going to suffer either way. If you're going the wrong direction, you're going to suffer for the things that you do wrong, and you're going to suffer for the things that you do right. So again, it doesn't matter which one you are suffering for. It's just, it's just it does matter for your sake and, your, and other people's sake in your life. And these are... These are um, things that have affected me in my life and have also uh made me realize how the importance of just walking in in god's plan for my life no matter how hard it is or how difficult it could be or all the things that i that i think that um are reasons that i shouldn't do it you know it c you know they say public speaking is or they say it's like the scariest thing to do or something like that. i don't know all the details on it but and they say all these things getting in front of people is, is real scary and, and it's, you'd rather die, I think is what they say. I don't know how they say it all, but it's something like that. It's close. But it doesn't matter how scary it is or even if you could die. That's the worst thing that could happen to you is you die. And Jesus, I'm going to read to you one more scripture. And in Luke 22:42, this is where Jesus, he was, he was struggling with God's will. You ever struggle with, with God's will? You didn't want to do it? because you already had this plan all mapped out. And I want to read over here in Luke 
what I say it was, 22, 42. Luke 22, 42. If you want to turn there, if you have a Bible. Uh, I usually don't carry my Bible to church. I usually just carry my phone, but today I thought I'd bring it. I um, <clears throat> almost forgot it, actually. Luke 22, 42. And he says, let me back up to verse 39. He says, come out, he went to the Mount of Olives as he was accustomed, and his disciples also followed him. When he came to the place, he said to them, pray that you may not enter into temptation. And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's throw, and he knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. So if Jesus, I mean, we know he was a pretty good guy. He did, you know, he did the right thing all the time, and unlike us, he he was still struggling with, you know, God's will for his life. Obviously, we know what that was to to die and raise back to life. But he said that that if it's your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will be done. Yours be done. And I think that's what we should pray over ourselves and pray over our <coughs> our families or whoever we're connected to is not my will be done. I don't care how good this opportunity looks, how good this situation looks. Not my will, but your will be done. And just so you know, when you accept that, there may be some suffering in there. There may be some suffering in there uh, somehow, some way, and sometimes there, you may not see the suffering for a while. But Jesus, the Son of God, he was a perfect person, and he still had to deal with this same thing that you're dealing with every day. Should I, I don't want to do God's will, but I'm nevertheless, here I am, I'll do it anyway. And these are, uh, this is to just encourage us that, that no matter how bad you don't want to do it, there's somebody else that he said that he, he, he could, uh, he knew what you were going through. Jesus didn't. I'm going to paraphrase that. I don't know where that's at in the Bible, but I read it one time in Bible college um, about he just, he just knows the things you're going through, and he, he suffered the same things you suffered, and he knows what it's like not to want to do his will. He knows what it's like not to want to step out and do things that are hard and, and walk in things that are unseen, things that are risky, things that are, that are scary, things that are all these, all these things that we put on top of it to talk ourselves out of it. It doesn't make sense. Um, that's, a, that's a big one for people, that it doesn't make sense. And, again, Jesus knows exactly what you're going through. And he knows exactly all those thoughts that you have and all those reasons you have for not doing it and not walking in that. He, he's been there before. And that's why he can sympathize with us. And he can, he can uh, walk us through that. And he's not trying to, to be mean to us. He's just trying to help us. And I'm trying to help you too today with just showing you these things that I've read throughout this last week that it's okay to be scared, but it's not okay to stay there. It's not okay to just stay in that place the rest of your life and wake up 20 years from now and not ever done it, still afraid. But it's okay to start there. We all started there. Jesus started there. But guess what? He ended up doing it. He ended up following through. He wasn't, I don't know that he was scared, but he just was warring in his mind and he was he was thinking about not doing it obviously that's what i that what i read there and this is something that every one of us have a challenge if the worship team wants to come on up this is a challenge that all we all face and a challenge that's nothing there's nothing new under the sun 
we all are going to, you're going to deal with this. Even if you take this step that you're thinking of right now in your mind, you're going to have another step that's just as hard or, or harder sometime down the road, and you're going to have to do something else. So this is never, this is going to be a never-ending deal. And I think the best way to do it is in Romans 12, 1 and 2, as they come up, I want to read this uh, passage. In Romans 12, it tells you to renew your mind. And this is, the reason I need to renew my mind is so I can test and approve what God's good, pleasing, and perfect will is for my life. And if you don't renew your mind, you're never going to know what it is. And I'm just going to read it to you because it probably reads a little different than what I said it. He said in Romans 12, 1, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world. Remember when he talked about that? All those people uh, that may come back to you and say this to you and do this to you. He said, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So, i got to get rid of these people. This, is, this sums up the whole message. I can't be conformed to this world. i got to have my mind renewed. And then... And then he says that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So I get rid of these people, renew my mind, and then I'll be able to walk forward in God's will. I'll be able to prove what it is and see what it is in my life and move forward in that. So that's a lot of steps probably <coughs> for us to remember. But the, the main three is, is just to renew your mind. And you can walk in that, in that uh, victory and that God's will for your life. And it's the most important thing you can do with your life. And I want to, um, <clears throat> as they sing, start singing this, this last song, we want to give anybody an opportunity that needs prayer today to, um, to be prayed for, whether it be you're uh, struggling with a decision, struggling with whatever in your life. It don't have to have anything to do with the message. It could just be something personal. But we're going to have our prayer team come forward as they, as they um, sing this song. And I'm going to pray over you as a whole as they come forward and then but don't be don't be afraid to come ask for prayer so father we thank you today for your word father we thank you for for what you've spoken to us today father and we thank you for motivating us and we see how you were you're in the same position we were in you weren't you weren't sure about it you you didn't really want to go through with it but you did anyway and we thank you for going through with um God's will for your life, Jesus, and we thank you for that today. And Father, I pray over everybody in this room today that they would have boldness, that they would have courage, that they'd have whatever it takes in their life to move forward and walk in your purpose for their life. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name.